Welcome to episode 57 of Pop Cannon. We are your hosts. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. I'm Sarah. And I'm Joe. Today we are doing another S1E1, which means mm. we go back, we take the pilot episode of a show that most of us have not seen, uh, but at least one of us has. Out of all of us, Joe is the only one who has seen today's subject, which is Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. I did not look up anything about this <laughs> prior, aside from, like, knowing the successful careers of some of the stars of this show. Yeah. Uh, and I was pleasantly surprised. It was very fun. It was very uplifting. <laughs> It had it had a was good it? vibe. Yeah, it was actually. It was. It was. It was lighthearted. I felt like it was lighthearted. Um, okay. <laughs> aside from you know the the, the real shit, but, the heavier things. Yeah, but for the most part, it's a fun, lighthearted yeah. comedy, in my opinion. It was fun. Let's see, Sarah, what yes. did you think? Um, I thought it was good. I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it enough to get to the second episode, but that's about as far as I got. <laughs> um, it was one of those things where it's been on my radar, I think, for years. One of those things that I felt like I should always watch, mm -hmm. but never actually got around to it. And honestly, if we weren't doing it, I don't know if I would have ever actually watched it. I'm like going back and forth because one of the things I was trying to decide was because this is like obviously older. It was filmed in like 1999. Mm. It was I was seven, um, <laughs> and it it definitely has like the like late 90s, early 2000s vibes. Um, but I think like overall it held up decently well. Um, I definitely think if it was filmed today, some of the things like uh, dialogue would have had to probably change because there were a few jokes and things that didn't really land mm -hmm. that well but um i enjoyed it overall i thought it was a good pilot i liked it a lot man i it's like sarah said it's one of those things that i've always been aware about and feel like i should be watching but never did and didn't take the opportunities that i had to watch it previously because um, when I was ready to kind of sit down and like, I'm going to watch that show, it was off of whatever streaming service it had been on for a while. I think that was Netflix. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a great episode. Um, being set in 1980 uh, and releasing in 1999 probably didn't necessarily help it because I don't think that the culture was necessarily craving that nostalgia factor as hard as maybe they thought it might have uh but i feel like if that show released now it would do fucking killer killer numbers but i thought that being set in 1980 made it like interesting because it's the 80s as we know them or as we try to view them uh with the nostalgia glasses don't exist yet you know so it's a very interesting kind of place to put that episode and I thought, I didn't think that it felt like locked in any sort of time frame overall, though. Because I thought, like, the the themes were kind of timeless. But yeah, I thought it was awesome. Joe, what'd you think, being the only person out of the three of us that's seen the entire season of this show going back? Yeah, so 
I watched this. I obviously didn't watch it when it came out because I too was like seven years old. <laughs> but it's one of those shows from that era that like there were so many like mid-season cancellation shows that like go on to have like cult followings like that and like Mission Hill or like two that come to mind. But like in high school, I remember people telling me like you have to watch this. Like it was the cult classic of my high school, basically. But yeah, I do think like the 80s get super romanticized. And I think they were romanticized like in real time by like the movies that were coming out, like the Ferris mm-hmm. Bueller's and like 16 Candles and all that. But I think Judd Apatow said like, well, no, that's not reality. That was like a fantasy. And like, yeah, I think it is a good point that like, even though it's definitely set in the time in the 80s, it's also a timeless story and that like it's a universal high school experience and like yeah i just really like how raw it is and it definitely it speaks to both the time it's meant to represent and the time it came out and like Mm -hmm. like i completely forgot that the eli story was in the pilot and i was like oh my god (laughs) we're gonna talk about this um (laughs) that's not the only thing i thought that about by the way (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. um (laughs) So, yeah, like, you know, the R slur coming around and like, mm-hmm. even, like when I was a kid, like it wasn't we didn't get that it was like wrong. Yeah. So yeah. we threw it around like it was nothing. to. Yep. But yeah, so definitely like a little bit of culture shock. And I'm a little bit curious to maybe watch the rest of the, you know, other 11 episodes to see how else this has changed, because I what do else? think that this yeah. meant a lot to me in high school but i don't think it would have the same meaning now Mm -hmm. um and just as a final point like speaking to the cast like it's amazing i don't think you could ever find another show that was canceled mid first season that like virtually the entire cast went on to like phenomenally successful careers even just the side characters are like oh my god yeah like martin star (laughs) is like a gift to the world like his like comedic presence is virtually unchanged from when he was like 17 i think when they filmed this and like <laughs> you can so see like a direct through line from like freaks and geeks to silicon valley with his presence here yeah 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 and i have never seen silicon valley like in excess but yeah. mm. i've seen martin star in other things and obviously yeah. his comedic timing and just like the the dry humor for his character was a lot of fun for me in this episode he was probably my favorite character if we were going to go through favorite characters aside from Lindsay. Mm. okay i would have to say uh yeah i mean the cast is unbelievable just hollering out everybody's name and what they've been in since that as they show up on screen was like a lot like half of the fun i felt like sam uh, the little brother that gets picked on the entire episode he's like a super prolific writer and he was the kid that doesn't say anything until the very end of waiting yeah. <laughs> if you've ever seen waiting with ryan reynolds yeah um and uh he was also on bones mm-hmm. for a good while yeah that's where i recognized him from super successful writer like he's yeah. written way more shit that you know of that you don't even realize he's the guy that was behind it. I think uh, favorite character wise, um, Linda Carlini's character has to be because yeah. she just there's so much 
complexity to what's going on with her. Um, just like refusing the role that she kind of is in a way forced into, mm-hmm. yeah. but at mm-hmm. the same time, like is trying to break out of that shell and she just doesn't want to do what they want her to do. And it's not, it's causing issues just because she just doesn't want to like that's Yeah. yeah. And it's not even so much what other people want her to do. It's like what she used to do and she's going through a transformation. Yeah. It's like, I don't necessarily want to do that anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a mathlete, you know? You're our best mathlete. (laughs) I think that's like a comment too on like, there's these different slots that like around like, probably like the 70s or 80s got like nailed into pop culture that's like you belong to some group whether it's like nerds or jocks freaks or geeks and all that shit and like that kind of wake up call that you had like you hopefully have in high school it's like i don't really need to be just this one thing like i can be fluid and i can figure this Mm -hmm. out and i like i like how like honest this is as a depiction of high school it's not them having like drama as if they're adults like they're stupid kids and i like that like she had this traumatic event in her grandma's death that kind of like shook her and woke her out of that and she's starting to kind of explore more of that like empathy that you kind of get as a human in high school but like the people around her are all still so fucking wrapped up in themselves like Jason Siegel's character is like, I'm going to show you my drum kit and that'll solve everything. You just need a drum kit. (laughs) But even like that goes to show with like her conversation with Sam in the bedroom when she's giving that exposition and giving him that story and the connection that she's trying to get from him. And he's just like, so do you think that we could like win in the fight? (laughs) Like completely wrapped up in his own thing yeah yeah but the the relationship between her and sam is also really refreshing because you don't you don't really get to see a lot of like sister brother relationships that are somewhat positive on tv but i like also that her kind of comedy of errors of every time she tries to do the right thing it just blows up in her face and that's Mm -hmm. like the opening with her and sam her trying to intervene in the fight was just the perfect example of that (laughs) where she's like this is you know this is the right thing to do so this is what i should do and it doesn't go the way that she wants okay so if we're still talking about um favorite characters i mean Mm -hmm. by default i'd have to agree um definitely Lindsay. i mean she's kind of at least for the pilot she's definitely the focal point Mm, of the show so i don't it's like i feel like you're supposed to connect maybe more so with her but um i did just because like i did feel like a connection like with her character like having been a teenage girl trying to like navigate high school and like changing like roles because even like whenever I watch shows like this I always reflect on my own high school experience and like obviously things get dramatized for the sake of like television but like there weren't a lot of like clicks and I never really fit into like one 
exactly. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you have like your smart friends and that's great. But then it's like, okay, yeah, like I was friends too with like some stoner kids and just kind of like trying to balance that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like I never felt like the sort of pressure that she feels like from her parents, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> A lot of people are dead, guys. A Dude, lot of people have her died. Dad. <laughs> her dad. Holy like, shit. I just, her dad's character just, the whole time I'm just, I kept thinking, like, I kept go watching this, I kept thinking about, like, the movie Mean Girls, because it's like, you're going to have sex, you're going to get pregnant, and you're going to die. You're going <laughs> to yeah. skip class, and you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to, and like realistically like skipping class isn't even like the worst thing that you could do like when her mom dropped the line um like i'm well i'm just glad your grandmother's not around to see it's like i was like that stung me yeah so like (laughs) that's not a surprising line though like no that's a hundred and ten percent something that some mother would say to their child thankfully not mine but like so yeah, but not it, like I, months after her death you know i'm like i'm interested to see how the characters like develop especially since like Lindsay doesn't really fit in with the freaks especially where um like kim is involved like mm-hmm. kim cannot stand her so yeah i'm i'm definitely looking forward to that because they seem to kind of go back and forth and like between the the freaks being like sometimes they, at moments they seem like they're genuinely good friends but then the other times they seem like oh no they're just the clueless yeah. stoner kids just floating and they don't <laughs> actually care about anything i liked i really liked um how they depicted each group hanging out w- among itself yeah and i liked that n- like the show is called Freaks and Geeks, but they don't necessarily go together. You know what I mean? Like, they're not hanging out in a big group, all of those kids. Yeah. And I like that Jason Siegel, Seth Rogen, James Franco appear to be upperclassmen to the uh, the Sam and then the other kid that had his shirt yeah. tucked in and Martin Starr. Neil uh, and Bill. <laughs> Neil. Yeah. Like how they they look they look like it's freshmen and seniors mm-hmm. you know what i mean and in 1980 where the show is set my dad was a high school senior so i think that this show is especially funny just thinking about that for me <laughs> <laughs> but i did enjoy the fact that by the time the episode ended lindsay didn't end up with one specific group like mm, she's yeah. kind of floating right. and that's yeah. very realistic because for me like in high school like freshman year i kind of floated i was kind of between a few different friend groups so like Mm -hmm. i'm interested to see kind of where she's gonna go and stuff and how that would play out and that's that's one of the questions that we ask is like would you continue watching this and i i think i would um i don't necessarily know how urgent Right. But I did enjoy it in, in enough to continue. Oh, oh, for me, it's a definite going to go through it. Like we were, Amanda was like, do you want to watch the second episode? And I was like, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I have to wait. But I, I think we might uh, probably pick up on, on, into it like this week, maybe even mm-hmm. today. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I did. I think it's definitely it's definitely worth 
the time investment just because the characters already seemed so relatable for so many different ways. Like the nerdy kids not wanting to get involved with the bully because then it puts them on his radar and they're like, yeah. it sucks to, it sucks for you, our friend, but not enough for us to do anything about it until they eventually do, which is fun. Which yeah. is it was so fucking funny, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like going forward. I won't like stray too far out of the first episode, but like as like an incomplete series, it's really surprising to remember like how much of like the stuff that Sarah brought up like does kind of get paid off. And like cool. even though like they didn't get to go forward, like even to like the way that the show ends was just like very satisfying to me. I was going to say do you feel like it it works as a standalone thing for what we got. Oh yeah, for sure. Like there's definitely like loose threads, but I don't know. It kind of in its own way, I guess becomes romantic in that. Cause you can kind of just, you know, assume or project <laughs> Did the top fall down or not. I don't know. But <laughs> I think we, we should talk about the Eli yeah. subject matter now, because that to me caught me right off guard oh yeah. yeah i was not ready for that and that actor was phenomenal and probably yeah. had the best performance <laughs> throughout the episode because i was like is he actually like autistic a little bit yeah like, does he have yeah. and like i wasn't sure i had to look it up and he's not wow yeah. mm -hmm. he's been in a lot of different things he did a really good job and like i can't say that i ever saw something like that happen like specifically but i know that i've seen things similar to that happen for real and i've always i always was the type of person that stepped in and said something so that made me relate to her like really hard just trying to say the most unexpected thing to get everybody out of there yeah seemed like what she was trying to do where she was like they won't expect me to ask him to the dance mm -hmm. like that'll blow their minds to the point where they won't have anything to say yeah. So then she does, and, it, and yeah. it did work. And then later on, she tries to do the same thing, <laughs> and, it, and she completely screws herself because she's not really thinking about the impact of anything that she's saying to the person she's trying to protect from Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought it was cute to put a bow on it at the end and actually have them dance and shit like at the yeah. dance. I thought that was nice. Yeah. Like that's where the like the lighthearted part of it is. Like oh. Well, that was sweet. At least yeah. that happened. But it's such it's such an uncomfortable subject matter to try yeah. to tackle in a pilot episode of a television series. Mm -hmm. As, like, part of your A arc, but not the whole thing. Right. Yes. <laughs> that, to me, is, like, the, where the, the feat in, in writing that is. is like, that's just part of the journey that they put her on in episode one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I thought was fucking crazy. You get... You can infer a lot from that interaction, like just with her character and even just like you could say like her like the journey that she's going to go on because like you can tell that she is genuinely a good person and mm -hmm. she wants to do right. But um, even if like your intentions are like fully good, sometimes they just don't work out and like you mm -hmm. just like feel like a failure. And it's just that constant like up and down where it's like, you know, her first, that first interaction with Eli, 
super positive. And then the next interaction with Eli, like you said, she tried to do the same thing and it just like fell flat. So it's just that constant like the highs it could be like the highs and mm-hmm. lows of like high school the highs and lows of like depression like she's clearly got a lot going on going and it's on. just yeah. like every time she gets up it's like nope beating you back beating <laughs> you back down and she tries to like redeem herself and thankfully like at the end she she ultimately does yeah from that perspective that's what makes it feel so real i feel like is that yeah. no matter what you feel like you're taking three steps backward when you thought you were going forward. <laughs> right. And I think that's what, like, for me, separated this, like, pilot episode from, like, other shows that depict that kind of, like, high school mm. journey where it's not all just, like, wrapped up in a little bow, like, you know, full yeah. house. You know, you sit down and you have that conversation. And at the end of the episode, like, everything is fine. It's like, and yeah. We all get ice cream. Yeah, exactly. And we freeze frame. And we all frame. learned our lesson. But yeah. it's like, but, ev- you know. <laughs> I was going to say, but it's also on the flip side of that, it's not like your usual teenage dramas where it's like, who's sleeping with who? And it's full drama right. and all this right. other stuff. It's like real issues. Mm-hmm. Like that conversation that she has with Nick in the garage mm. when he shows her his drum set like that was yeah. a really sweet interaction between the two of them and that's like a really good message yeah yeah and also it was it was way more innocent than i thought it was gonna be. oh yeah right even <laughs> she like you saw her on her face like what the fuck is he gonna show me <laughs> yeah yeah like what like the fact that he was like he just sat back in his chair I have something to show you. Yeah. Like he thinks this drum set's gonna blow her fucking mind or something. And she turns around, and the look on her face is just pure anxiety. Like, okay, yeah, and we'll it's, skip. Sure. Oh, uh, oh. Uh. And like he's super proud of his drum set, like, and that's like obvious. But it's like it's not even like to brag. Like I'm such like an awesome drummer. It's like no, you need to find your drum set. Like right, you need yeah. to find the thing that makes you happy. And like, yeah, you know. Like, I, I thought that was sweet, and that made me, like, you know, with the characters, like, going back and forth, like, I was like, okay, that's a little up for for Nick, like, his character. I'm like, okay, he has, like, he's sweet <laughs> under, you know, whatever. Yeah, and then he offers to lie to her dad for her, which was sweet, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go to the dance. Because, like, as that episode's happening, me and Amanda are like, well, why doesn't she just go and then leave? Yeah. Because that's what we would have done in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, that way you're not lying. Uh. <laughs> and he ends up at the dance anyway. You see him yeah, in the background. Yeah, it's all in the background. And yeah. he wrote on the chalkboard, disco sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing about both the Nick thing and like the kind of silver lining of the Eli story for me is how she expects and almost kind of wants punishment for it. Um, but then like the guidance counselor's character, Jeff Rosso, comes in. And she's like, am I in trouble for that? And he goes, what? I don't give a shit about that. Why aren't you on the mathletes? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and it's more He's emphasized like, what is going after on? the scene in the garage where he catches them skipping. And he doesn't give a shit that Nick is skipping because he's a freak. And like, of course, he's going to skip. And like, we're not wasting our time on him. But you're a smart kid. So you're yeah. the one that I'm investing my time in. And like, that's such yeah. a fucking constant in the american school system is like yeah. the kids that fall through the cracks and the kids that you actually invest in when like as a guidance counselor like your job should be to like care about all the kids but you can't 
Yeah. Um, and and instead he, and we're gonna like, blackmail you to to rejoin yeah, athletes. To be a yeah. athlete. But Nick in the background just kind of like yeah. slowly <laughs> slinks away out of yeah. frame, which I thought was just hilarious. Yeah, that was good. Like because they're having an, a a good conversation in the front, but if you're paying attention to the back, he's like, "Oh, I could just go." <laughs> he just starts walking away. <laughs> Dips. Uh, I did like one of my favorite. I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode was just how it opened like i loved how we're on the football field (laughs) we're sweeping the camera across we're getting into i love you baby i'll do anything (laughs) for you like that kind of mushy shit yeah and i knew it was coming and i'd never seen this before but i knew that what they were going to do was go underneath the bleachers to find those kids. (laughs) And then they did that and they kind of pushed through the underneath of the bleachers and they're all just kind of hanging out and laying down and shit like that. And I was like, that was so fucking cool. Yeah, it was so fucking cool. Like that could be the opening for every episode, like Mm -hmm. as a title sequence and it would work out just fine. I feel like with some other stupid jockey cheerleader bullshit happening up above. And then we're going yeah. into the, the, the gross underbelly of or any <laughs> other yeah. like friend group. Right. Yeah. Because you know there's right. like a plethora of different high school yeah, tropes yeah. I that mean, they could pull from. The high school hierarchy exists universally, I feel like. And I think this showed this in a really a really like honest way. Like if this were tinged with like a super bad vernacular, it yeah. would just feel so real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really liked the awkwardness of a lot of it. It was so awkward and uncomfortable (laughs) for a lot of those scenes when Sam is like (laughs) trying to ask what's her face to the dance. It's like, come on, spit it out. Just Just ask her. Meanwhile, his friends are getting their asses kicked (laughs) for him. And he keeps looking at his watch knowing Look, as every minute passes, oh, they're probably getting the shit kicked out of them. They're probably getting the shit kicked out of them. They're probably getting the shit kicked out of them. So, (laughs) did you want to go to the dance with me? And they made it a point to have him blow off someone earlier. Be like, no, I gotta go. I gotta go fight. Yeah. And and he's like running and then immediately stops when he sees her. For that girl. Oh, yeah. uh, Nothing. I'm just going home. Uh you know, and just that those long, uncomfortable pauses. Yeah, it's so funny and it's so real and genuine. I feel yeah. like the scene where Nick leans over to Lindsay in the classroom <laughs> at first and just stutters like six yeah. times before <laughs> being able to like actually say like, "Hey, so real." <laughs> and amanda was like but with sam's like not wanting to ask her out she's like but it doesn't matter like just ask her and i'm like you don't know you don't know what goes into it you have no idea she's like but he's thinking so deep bill goes i'm like you don't even realize the fact that she carried that jacket across the school what that actually means or what he could believe that to me (laughs) You have no idea. His yeah. friends are just gassing him up. Like his mind is just gone. She saw your jacket. She remembered that mm-hmm. it was yours. And she walked it across the campus to you. Cheyenne made a comment. Uh they made her dress like she was in the seventies, 
which mm-hmm. like since it's 1980 like, everybody's dressing like it's the 70s the yeah. 70s style wasn't super apparent until she showed up right with the big fucking jacket and the <laughs> the big pants and the, shit yeah, like, yeah. The pants and all that so but the costuming like i feel like it worked for like an 80s thing but up until mm-hmm. that point like i wasn't thinking oh yeah there'd be way more <laughs> 70s clothes right at this point mm-hmm. like i saw a meme the other day that was like this is the 1980s that you think of and there was like a rubik's cube chair and like <laughs> vinyl re- records on the walls and there were like bright colors and shit and it was like the 80s i remember it yeah. was just like a completely oh, wood paneled room with brown shag carpeting <laughs> and a shitty little tv with rabbit ears on oh it it was God. like this was yeah. the 80 <laughs> i will say as far as bad performances i would say <laughs> that uh seth rogan there wasn't much for him to do but what he did deliver i feel like was very hooky. Yeah. for me for me that just i just chalked him up to being that kid in school who desperately wants to be the cut up like who's really trying to make sure he has a comment on everything to make sure that like everyone's paying attention to him or maybe so that they don't try to say something to him because he he's already put it out there you know he's already put out there that he's going to say something to somebody so he you know I felt I just yeah it was awkward but like I didn't think that it was distracting or un- unbelievable or anything. I just felt like he was that type of person. That character is that type of person. And I know I can think of like two kids from high school that were like that. Fair. I think um all of the the freaks really like they seem kind of like the least genuine people but like very genuine characters because like they're persona is a performance basically yeah um so yeah like seth rogan ken gets uh i think he does get like more later on in the series but um yeah yeah like he's he targets other people so that like he does nothing turns around on him basically james franco's character is just like you know he's like the leader of the group and like he's in reality not like that good looking like he's greasy and stuff but like he's like playing the role of the cool guy so he's just like oh people people like him because he has that kind of confidence about him it's just the leather jacket yeah exactly like. Like, <laughs> and and that like he's wearing a button-up otherwise yeah. like. <laughs> and that like it's obviously not apparent here because this is the pilot but like later on like there is kind of like that uh you know coming out of reality that like oh you're just a fucking idiot (laughs) yeah but like is james franco's character so like is he like i from my understanding of watching the pilot like is he's like the connection like between like Lindsay and the freaks right like he's the one who brings her out he brings her in and then like he introduces her so like do we know like how they know each other because like normally you wouldn't think that he would know even who she was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think there's like a subplot of her being his tutor, but I don't think that happened before the series. So uh, I kind of thought that she, I, I, I could be like misremembering what I watched, but I kind of felt like she sought him out. Right. Yeah. Like, I like think she yeah. wanted she wanted to 
talk to him and he didn't blow her off like his friend either of those other guys would yeah. have right yeah. so and then he was just like yeah you're cool like, yeah like this this is my friend with us. like that's cool and because he's saying it's cool everybody's got to kind of deal with it right except yeah. for exactly. kim because <laughs> he's got the leather jacket on <laughs> but if somebody killed him and took the leather jacket they would be the leader well because kim's not dumb like kim sees what's going on right so. yeah. yeah she just like she doesn't have any other language but like i'm Bully. like a bigger Bully. girl so i have this reputation so i have to just be strong in every situation yeah yeah and like almost sexually assault a kid yeah <laughs> super, uncomfortable. super uncomfortable yeah he's so uncomfortable he's like yeah you want a big fucking kiss huh i'll fucking kiss you i was like he was probably like no little tiny baby like he was like i like you grader. as a friend and i was like oh god sam what are you doing oh my god but yeah i thought that that's just like that was part of the the charm of it, it was like there are girls like that yeah, so there were, you know, like from my experience, there were girls that just like out of nowhere were at fucking 10 and you're like, dude, holy shit. I know you're like really accounting for some stuff you're dealing with, but fuck, man, <laughs> like let the rest of them, rest of us breathe. Holy shit. <laughs> well, even like the line of like, oh, you're the rich girl because your dad has like an, a, a store, an outdoor sports store. But like yeah. that, like gives you so much because like nothing at least from like our perspective of having like hyper rich people out in the world, like nothing about Lindsay portrays like she's a rich girl, but like that yeah. tells you so much about Kim's perspective that yeah. like your family is stable and has a your business. Your dad has a job. Right. <laughs> Owns his richie rich person. Yeah, well, so she even says rich. she's like, I shoplift from your dad. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's the dig. I stole a hunting jacket. <laughs> yeah. I steal the things that your dad sells to put food on the table. <laughs> but that's a good point. Like, her perspective of Lindsay and, and their family, consequently, yeah. is like they're they're rich they're snobby whatever she doesn't belong here she doesn't belong hanging out with us she's just trying to like like a tourist and like be <laughs> fake yeah yeah but like isn't it funny that the people that are so concerned about that are always the ones that are doing that themselves <laughs> yeah <laughs> which might be a, co- a meta commentary in and of itself <laughs> <laughs> is she's like projecting so much bombacity because she's a poser like she doesn't actually feel that way <laughs> But that's the persona that she needs to take on. (laughs) Then she dumped her purse out, which was just rude. (laughs) Such a dick move. At least everyone kind of stayed around and they kind of like helped. Well, not at first. (laughs) Yeah. And then the bell rang and... (laughs) Yeah. He was like, yeah, I gotta go. (laughs) Well, you know, shop class is the only one he's passing, so... (laughs) (laughs) But it just goes to show, too, like, because... Even the the conversation with the guidance counselor. Oh, I'm I'm just Jeff. (laughs) Like you could talk to me, and she's just like, dude, you're so full of shit. Yeah, yeah. But the guidance counselor. I mean, that hairline was just so uncomfortable for me to look at the whole time. Oh, you mean the butler from Scary Movie? (laughs) That's all I could picture. Yes. 
yes i'm really a sucker for the like free spirit guidance counselor who like really connects with the main character so like i do love (laughs) his scenes but and like that character you saw like copy and pasted like for the next 10 years after this but yeah Mm -hmm. i think even like the same actor might have done it a couple times for sure like he i like he definitely reminded me of the butler from scary movie 2 but also i kind of got uh like the I think it was the guidance counselor from Beavis and Butthead, uh, the fly high lesbian seagull guy. Um, <laughs> he had a, an acoustic guitar, and that was the song that he sung in <laughs> Beavis and Butthead Do America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely got that vibe from him as well, where he just is like the he's kind of like a hippie still, you know, yeah, still like a, a, one of the remnants of the hippies, and was trying to be like free loving through being a guidance counselor kind of deal. I was a kid once, not too long yeah. ago. Just yeah. like seeing him say that made me laugh. Like, oh yeah. I also like. I also watched Days and Confused for like the first time all the way through like three weeks ago. Oh wow! So I feel like they, there's a way that those these two things kind of roll together for me, like because they're not necessarily too far away from each other in terms of setting timeline wise. <laughs> so it's not impossible that those are the same America because it feels kind of relatable. Does anybody actually like Dodgeball? Oh wait, we didn't talk about Dodgeball. We I about Dodgeball. fucking always hated Dodgeball days. I mean, I liked <laughs> Dodgeball, but I was not necessarily good at Dodgeball, but I liked Dodgeball. I could relate to the kids who were like, if we just get hit, we can be Oh yeah, <laughs> I was the like, yeah, was, I feel that. I loved, I loved that. Like on that bench in the gymnasium, half of it was the jocks and half of it was the freaks, and it was literally like, today we're gonna play dodgeball, and the jocks were like, yeah, yeah. the freaks were all like, oh, oh no, <laughs> and they like obviously they're split on opposite ends yeah. of right. the court. All of the geese just running back and forth. Stay away. He's after you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding behind yeah, the I big have, groups um, and shit. Pretty vivid memories of like, I wasn't the most bullied kid in gym class. So luckily, like I was never the target. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I have so many high school dodgeball memories. We got one of our professors to start like a, one of our fucking... Uh, he was a professor, but he started a dodgeball tournament at the school where we had to like sign up and shit, and there were like practices and stuff, and we had like a whole extracurricular thing <laughs> of a dodgeball tournament because my class was like, we should do dodgeball, we should do dodgeball, we should do dodgeball. Once they, the once there was a dodgeball scene, I was like, okay, this is we're hitting all of the notes here for me. I like this. <laughs> it's not a high school thing without dodgeball, right? Oh yeah, right. Yeah. At least some sort of sport where all the geeks are going to be terrible at it. Yeah. But I like that the one, like, he lasted to the end and he was still, because there was always that one, I felt like. <laughs> Just <laughs> he was, like, beamed. slightly more athletic than the rest of the geeks yeah. <laughs> that was able to last that was me. a little bit longer than he should have. That was me. <laughs> well, when you're small, you're a smaller target. Yeah. That's Jordan so knew how to do, like, the wrestling flips so, like, he could dodge yeah. in creative ways. <laughs> I thought I did. Right. <laughs> I had the confidence that I could. Right. Overall, I enjoyed the show. I will probably keep watching it. Um, 
I don't know how regularly. I don't know if it'll be like an all-in-one kind of scenario or just like right. let's throw it on like at night. Um, yeah. But I do want to continue watching it. I do really like Linda Cardellini. Like I like all of the actors pretty much. Yeah. Like, that cast is phenomenal. Just to go mm-hmm. back yeah. and say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Cardellini especially but still my heart she's yeah. so pretty so pretty. and that's like right before Scooby-Doo right like that it is Scooby-Doo a while before like Scooby-Doo very... well you also um, without this you don't get forgetting Sarah Marshall because Jason Siegel and Linda Cardellini met in Freaks and Geeks and they dated and then he based their breakup uh, he based forgetting Sarah Marshall on their breakup no way. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> Scooby-Doo was 2002. By the I way. just looked it oh, up. Oh, wow. Okay. I can't believe it was that short. God, there's just such like a separation between like Scooby-Doo, Linda Cardellini, and this Linda Cardellini in my mind. Yeah, there's only like three years then separating. And she might have even filmed it two years after this. Yeah. Jesus. Which is like, whoa. Because they all look like high school kids. Yeah, like they're honestly. All genuinely like nowadays they cast like forty year old men as like seventeen year olds. <laughs> That's but... a joke in the first scary movie, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What are they gonna do? Get a bunch of people in their mid thirties to play high schoolers and they all sit there and laugh and then they're like Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she was already twenty five when they filmed this, so Wow! wow. Yeah. Damn. 24. I would never guess she was twenty five. Yeah. Holy shit. Weird. Movie magic. Just <laughs> right. <laughs> put a bunch of loose fitting clothes on her, and you'll never guess her. <laughs> really good skincare routine. Yeah. <laughs> that helps. Um. So, Sarah, any final thoughts on Freaks and Geeks episode one? Um, I'm definitely gonna like. I think general consensus. Uh, definitely gonna watch it. Um, I have a few other shows I want to finish up, but it, it feels like this feels like it's a good thing to kind of like put on when you don't really know what to watch and you don't need mm-hmm. to like want to commit to something that's like crazy. Um, cause sometimes I'm not in the mood to watch something that needs a whole lot of like brain power. Mm-hmm. And this seems mm-hmm. like the kind of show you can just like put on to put on, enjoy it. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to go to bed or whatever. Right. I'm, I'm glad that I finally watched it i didn't really know what to expect because despite the fact that this has been out for most of my life i just never really knew what it was about and i overall i just really right there in the title (laughs) (laughs) well really i mean if we're gonna get technical i mean geek could mean a lot of different things Mm -hmm. but um but no i'm i'm glad that i finally got to watch it um i really actually enjoyed um the fact that I I recognize so many of the the actors and actresses in it, like with Busy Phillips, I was like, God, I recognize her, and then I had to look mm-hmm. her up. I was like, Why? Do, like, I don't even know why I knew her, but like her face, as soon as she came on screen, I was like, White mm-hmm. White Yeah, okay. Which that... is only a few years after this, also. <laughs> so it's like it's crazy. So like I and like for me, um, I like best remembered Linda Cardellini actually from the show ER. Because, like, growing mm-hmm. up, I watched that with my mom, and I was, you know what I mean? So it's like, but I reckon, like, I'm like, oh, I've seen everybody in something. Yeah. Um, so um, overall, really enjoyed it. I'm going to definitely continue watching it for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, I definitely feel like we're going to continue forward with this show. 
Um, I thought this episode was really good. It was almost in itself like a small short film in a way. Like yeah. it kind of buttoned up some things that it started, and it, it, you could have you could just watch this on its own and be like, that was pretty fucking good. Um, it's like a nice little window into uh, a set period of time. Um, but like Sarah said, she didn't know necessarily what the show was about because the word geek could mean so many things. And I think as a society, we've kind of redefined what that word means. Maybe for the worse extent. now. Yeah. Right. So like going back and being like, oh, they meant like those geeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Um, but yeah, no, I thought the show was awesome and I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Yeah, this definitely like brought up a lot of nostalgia for me, and I think I do eventually want to um, go back and like watch the rest of it. Um, it's just amazing to think about how like like I said earlier, just like a canceled show could like lead to so many like successful careers. Like yeah, even like Paul Feig and Judd Apatow, I think yeah. were all already pretty somewhat established, or that's how they got their own show. But then like their careers within like the next 10 years of this, like just really skyrocketed and even like carrying yeah. all this cast with them, which like, I'm sure like every actor that like we still know about today, like probably owes their success to some continued relationship with those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I mean, is Judd and Seth work together a whole bunch. Yeah. So. And I think that's like a good comment that like they, like they care about their projects and the people they work with too. And they like take care of each other, which is good to see if, if it's true, mm -hmm. it's kind of an assumption on my part. Um, <laughs> this was a really like kind of refreshing <laughs> rewatch for me. Yeah. And almost like a refreshing episode of pop cannon. Right. Yeah. yeah a nice little S1E1. <laughs> nice little Limerita in the middle of the day. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms and all the likes so you never miss another episode, mm -hmm. uh, especially mm -hmm. on YouTube where you could see our wonderful faces. Robert, you want to you wanna roll the follow us? Yeah, you could follow us at PopCannon on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of them. Pick one. All of them. Any of Why not all? All of it the above. Sounded like we chopped up a bunch of old <laughs> audio of you to make that. <laughs> um, if you would, if you would like to, you could find us individually. I am Jordan. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at JL twenty four FPS. I'm Robert. You could find me on Instagram and Twitter at Yesball. I'm Sarah. You can find me on Instagram at Sarah Andipity. I'm Joe. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Joe for Broke. So once again, thank you for watching and or listening. Let us know what you thought of Freaks and Geeks. Are you a big fan of it? Have you ever seen it before? Uh, let us know. And as always, we'll see you on the very next episode of Popcana. Sayonara. Sayonara. <laughs>